walk. Go on. Bye bye. See you later. Have What's going on day. here? <laughs> this is like you know oh, Ghostbusters when they go and <laughs> went in Ghostbusters where they get hit by the goo. Oh, and they're all like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happened today. It's that's just, us every just day. Just one day. We we uh throw threats at each other. Like we hold something and we'll it's go. It's a whole vibe. We'll go. What if I just fucking threw this in your face? Like we do that all the time, and he'll go fucking engine. Like that's how we communicate. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, happy Christmas. <laughs> no, Sarah. <laughs> what day is it? It is. It's the seventh of December. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know something? I don't hate Christmas this year. That's because this year has been shit, and we didn't get to to do anything. That's true. Because pandemic central happened, yep. I could have t- <laughs> could have taught a better words to make it rhyme, but I was on the fly. Yeah. Happy Christmas, everybody! <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. Um, There's too many happy Christmas. Actually, when do you I start saying? Say, I say when happy start, Christmas. When do you start saying it? The minute Chris- Halloween's over. No, you don't. I said it the minute Halloween's over. What do you say to pe- when do you say to people? I said it to a person today, but it's because I bought two four foot nutcrackers. Were you like Merry Christmas? And I said, Merry Christmas. I just gave did you they 200. Say Mer- did they say I Merry Christmas you, back to you? I think I gave that woman 450 euro. You're a bollocks. For two. You should not have access to any of your own money. <laughs> yes, I should. What, did she say Merry Christmas back crazy, to you? Like, no, she didn't. She looked at me to be like, why are you giving me all of this money for these nutcrackers? Please get out. You Stop crazy wishing cunt. Me, wishing me Merry because you're going to walk down Thomas Street in about a week and be two hundred there for 200 quid. Yeah, but then. No, there wouldn't be. It was one year now there was one there for 99 euro oh really and it was one of the years I had no money I was broke and I was like oh Graymo if you hadn't got me a Christmas present I would have asked for that Jesus I know it's a sad state of affairs. I know we had no money we, so <laughs> we, so we had to eat out of a shoe <laughs> on Christmas day I didn't know what to do and then we were living in a cardboard box in a hole in the road I, I, I often think I think we'd have a great time in Japan at Christmas because they eat KFC but you don't eat KFC. No, but I feel like I'd enjoy it at that point. I'd be like, I'll eat KFC. Really? Apart from that disgusting gravy, I'd eat KFC. Listen, you're missing out. Best no, part of gravy. It's fucking muck. They made a gravy they, burger like, this They week. just picked that up off the ground and fucking in tubes. I'm fully convinced. <laughs> they do. You know what it dirt. is, don't you? What is it? Okay, so it's the seasoning. Okay. I'm not finished. Okay. So it's the flour that makes the seasoning with the seasoning in it okay in like the oil not like a whole lot of oil but it's made in like a roux of like the fat off the chicken okay and then they mix it all together and then they add water but like my mum my mum's making gravy she drains she takes the juices off the meat yeah but this isn't like the juice off the meat this is like the fucking oil that they're cooking it in silence (laughs) the road (laughs) is long I think we should do uh uh, karaoke episode oh I yes. was thinking we should totally do like a drunk episode like drunk history okay but a drunk <gasps> episode where we are uh, but I don't think we can, we can't do a murder when we're drunk because it's very disrespectful to the yeah drunk. no we'll be today she was <laughs> murdered <laughs> <laughs> I believe listen, I can't believe <laughs> I don't I didn't know where I was stop murdering everyone Just, please please Miss Joy, I give you a few people you come murder. Yeah, maybe we should. Hey. That's a bad idea, actually. Yeah. I know people will be like, we could do an episode where we're drunk, but people, we could just people. I'm could. into a drunk episode. I got very drunk on Thursday. You did. Oh, geez. on a school night. On a school night, it was a bad night. I hate when people say that. I hate when people say that to me, Mark. Drunk on a school night. Oh my god. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just a really fucking redundant thing to say to somebody. She doesn't find it irritating. You're no. drunk in a school line. It's like when people hear when we were kids and you'd hear the guards and someone would go, They're coming for you. Even as a child I'd be like, No, they're not. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. I'm seven. We didn't do that in Ballier. We were like, Sketch <laughs> That was a different situation in Ballier. Like, they could they could have potentially been no, coming, they were for, coming you. for you. <laughs> there was loads of them around here earlier. Oh really? Mm. What were they doing? There was a car crash apparently outside the train station. A bad one? A three car car crash. Oh, oh three car pile up. Three car pile up. Great name for a band. That is. I think that is the name for a band. That sounds like a mid, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, middle it sounds of the like road. A fucking, and the lead hey, singer has a goatee. My name is like a Matchbox Twenty. You know one of these goatees? Yeah. He's one of those. I feel. Yes. It what sounds we, like. What, what do we call them? Three car pile up. Three car. But isn't there third, right third eye blind? Third eye blind. Maybe that's what we're thinking of. I'm Three gonna Google car pile up. And we're going to sell this. Who are we selling it to? And make millions. Okay. Whatever shitty band wants it, 
Are you a shit band? Do you want a really cliche 1990s, early 2000s name? Yeah, you gotta grow a goatee. Three car pilot band. Is that name? No. Oh! Oh, it is. Oh, for fuck's sake. Did it have any songs that uh, Scott Reynolds is an American punk rock vocalist from Fredona, New York. He was in a band called Three Car Pollock. God damn it! God damn Are they from the 90s? Is that what we're thinking of? Let me check. Ba, 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 ba. 1989 to present. So it would have been like 1991, to present. To present. Well, I tell you what, they Scott. need to get over themselves. Scotty, we need to email you and be like, listen, give Scotty. us Scotty. Scotty. Scotty Too Hotty. Do you remember Scotty Too Hotty? Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty don't want to have the song there. Ah, ah, ah. No, that's think uh, Shawn Michaels. I know I'm sexy. I hate that I know that. The only reason I know that is because my nephew, uh, Leon, when he was really little. She's that 37 year old in that room. Yeah. He still watches it. Oh, so. my nephew, when he was very little, yeah. used to walk in and, I and think sing I'm that cute. song. I, I think know I'm sexy. sexy. Yeah. He doesn't think he's sexy. He knows he's he, sexy. He was so unattractive. They're all, there's not an attractive wrestler in the world. That's not true. Who? If you're, Finn Balor he's very attractive Finn Balor he's Irish he's probably and I think CM Punk is attractive too oh no I do I do I think CM Punk is attractive uh, Finn Balor let me see let me see Becky me works with his brother oh no no he's not my type at all I think he's attractive like in the in the, in the scale of like attractive wrestlers like because most of them head. most of them just look like a foot so I, mean, I don't I think if Graham honestly had a body like that I'd be like oh body addy addy Baddy addy 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 I've seen loads of TikToks of teen of tiny children dancing to that video. Anyway, how was your week? It's okay. Last week because it's only Monday. What day is it? Monday. Uh, it was good. Busy, 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 busy. Work is a nightmare. Work is a nightmare, but it's okay. Okay, that's good. It's okay. Everything's fine. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. Are we? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't know mm. what we're doing mm. but like it could be worse things are opening up back up again I don't know if that's cutting it's a, it's a thing it's a thing like I went for coffee with Colin this morning to the place that we usually go up across the road yeah and uh it's people sitting it's, in we could sit in and I was like this is so weird but we and we did because the roads were like ice so I was like I, I'm just gonna take a break because I nearly killed yeah. myself like 12 times but it's just weird being able to like sit somewhere do you know what I mean you know me and Graham went for dinner on Saturday yeah. and it was just like this is odd it's odd it's like you've it's like you're lear- this sound this is a horrible analogy but it almost feels like you're kind of starting to learn to walk again okay, to be calm like down now. no in the sense that you like when I go in places I don't I'm like I'm going in and I'm leaving yeah I'm, I'm like I'm walking in and I'm leaving I'm not that thing where he was like Colin was like we can sit down I was like what what like it was just, okay, I was completely shocked because we haven't been able to sit down how long now? Yeah, since March. March. Fuck. Well, me and you've been for dinner once this year. Oh my god, that's so sad. Yeah. What? Well, it was the place we'd set aside. Once since the pandemic, yeah. I don't think we've been out at all this year. No, we went to that Chinese place. Remember that place? Oh, but that was like that wasn't that was literally like remember the pandemic happened. Right before oh, the pandemic dude, happened. dude, that's so fucking sad. We always go for food. I know. I'm Wings just... and drinks. Wings and drinks. Wings and drinks has happened in so long. So long. Wings when and drinks I love and, wings and drinks. conversations about how we think we're going to die. That which was, was yeah. the most <laughs> intense wings and drinks I've ever had. Me and Emma went down for wings and drinks. <laughs> wings and drinks is like a me and Emma thing. It <laughs> happens at like two o'clock in the day. Yeah, day drinking. On a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And we don't night drink. We only day drink. We day drink. We usually get... So we're usually like, oh, let's start in, what's that pub we usually go to? Uh, Fades, Fade Street. The Market Bar? Market Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually start in Market Bar. Um, we get four <clears throat> drinks deep in. Yeah. Then we're like, right, let's book some wings across the road in the wing of place. We go get wings. Then we usually go over there and book the table. Can't get the table. Have so to we wait. have to go get so drinks. Then we go to Hogan's. And we get more drinks. And then we get more drinks. Then from Hogan's, we go back and get wings. And while we're eating wings, we get more drink. And then the last time we were there, I remember being downstairs and the man being like, hey, there's only one toilet. And I was like, well, where am I? <laughs> I remember um, just the whole time being like, are we being really loud? I remember us being incredibly are we being really loud. loud. And then I remember you going really loudly in the middle of this, like, because that, that restaurant's small. It is tiny. I remember I was on the stairs for a while, just looking at you. Yes. 
remember I was on the stairs coming up from the toilet what was that about I was looking at you <laughs> staring, going, I was like, like what you <laughs> for a good 10 minutes and then I remember sitting down and you going do you ever think about how you're going to die <laughs> I don't know why, but it was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, I'm hey, being like, no, 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 I never no. think about that. No, Jesus, no, I've just made peace with the fact that I'm going to die. And you've been like, really? And then I remember being like, oh, as a kid, I used to think about my mom and dad dying yes, all the time. That was like a thing. And then we were like, so loud. We were so loud. Housekeeping. Yeah. I would just like to say a big thank you to everybody that's bought the merch. Dude, thank you. Like what the thank I saw pictures of the mug What the what I, I sent you the mug today Yeah It's so fucking cute High five I A million angels the mug I'm obsessed with the mug I ordered the mug And a tote bag But it still hasn't arrived so um, When did you order? Ages ago But our post coming to our office is Shit Oh my god It's so bad Like I'm getting stuff That I was meant to receive Like Like there was stuff that came today That was sent two weeks ago From Kildare I know on post have like a so they're they're backlog. yeah they're absolutely up to their eyes so I totally get it like but yeah no our post is absolutely mental at the moment um, and the only things that I'm getting on time are courier stuff so it's stuff that I bought that I'm couriering or whatever I'm getting it but otherwise I got your this is the truth I ordered your Christmas present ages ago I ordered your Christmas present on a, like a Tuesday morning I got it on Tuesday afternoon what it's not fucking. Nuts! Did it come from Ireland? Yeah, it's an Irish gift. Yeah, but I got I ordered it on Tuesday morning, and it was came through a courier. What do I want from Ireland? It came through a courier, and it arrived Tuesday. Like, because I came back from work, and Joanne was like, "Hey, there's a thing at your desk," and I was like, "What? This is your fucking Christmas present?" I was like, "That's crazy!" I literally couldn't believe it. I actually rang them, and I was like, "Is this definitely for me?" Because I'm kind of afraid maybe you sent this out to me, and it's for someone else. And she was like, "No, no, it's for you." I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Bonkers Bonkers But yeah no Thank you to everybody That's ordering merch Because I, it's crazy And thank you Like I don't even know I, And I'm afraid I don't like talking about it On Instagram And I don't like Pushing stuff Like you know Certain podcasters are like Go to the door Get a tune with blah, blah, blah. Do, um, the blah 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 I can't do A it. merch corner Oh please don't do it A merch corner no, Where we don't. say Hey people I can't hey. do it Like I just feel like I feel bad in the sense Not bad but like it's People are it's hard for people now. You're the most Irish human being I've ever. I can't deal with it. Like I can't. I can't. Even when I'm putting it up on Instagram, I'm like, oh, like I feel. But even when I'm listening, I don't to know po- if I put it on Facebook. I, even when I'm listening to podcasts, if they start flogging the merch, I'm like, skip, 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 skip. I know that's mean. It's just it makes me uncomfortable. I get really uncomfortable, and I don't know what it is. I don't get uncomfortable when I they're do. flogging it. I just I get, get really like get past it, yeah. especially if. But it's still trying to just make a bit of money. I'm I know, that, I know, like, but like just like if it honestly. If if people have gone and bought it, they know it's there. They do. That's the thing, and it's uh, the link for the po- merch is in our in our bio on, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm gonna make more merch this so week. Sarah got an iPad and uh, iPad Pro, and she's gonna make draw pretty pictures. Ridiculous artwork. Pretty. Pictures. There are so many penises drawn on the iPad Pro. Nope. In a matter of three days. We can. I don't know. Would Teespring ban us if we put dicks? I don't know if anybody wants a dick. Why the hell not? Dick pics. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk, talk about, about dick pics. Let's talk um, about dick pics, B. Um, but yeah, like, I think that, uh, if thank you for buying merch. I let's just, talk about sex. But Colin puts the ad let's in. Let's talk about sex. Mm. What's the ad sound like? The I've never heard it because I don't listen to our podcast. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, he I skipped to the song. He puts in the ad. It's very cute. I like it. It's like a kind of a 1950s um, uh, cinema ad. So anyway, I it. liked his song last week. I like the song about the march. I like his songs every week. Um, It was We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh, that's hilarious. I also want one of our things of merch to say um, Why did we start the podcast? We have shit equipment and no commitment. I want that on a, like a t-shirt. I will make that and Please we can do. make it and you can buy it. Yay. What kind of, uh, we can talk about this after the podcast. Yeah, we this can is the, yeah, we can just, just later. But um, yeah, that's what I want. Are I want you watching anything? No, have I watched anything? I'd just like to no. say this is a very one-way conversation. You haven't asked me how I am. How are you? Once. No, it's too late I'm now. I'm sorry. You've said it. We're in the, we're in the space. Did I'm you, aware. Hold on a second. Did mm. you only ask me how I am so I would ask you how you are? Yeah, Graham. Let's turn this around. Yeah, Graham. Yeah, let's turn this yeah. around. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. The reason I say yeah, Graham people is because um, my husband... <laughs> um, think, so when people come and say to Graham... How are you? How are you? Or how was your weekend? He says... 
He answers. He answers them. He just usually goes, "Yeah, it's fine." He usually goes, "Yeah, it's fine." He never says, "How was your weekend?" or "How?" <laughs> and he says the reason he doesn't do it is because people don't care about his weekend. They just want him to say. And not only that, he always says, "They're just being nosy." Yeah, they're just being nosy, and I think it's because Graham's <laughs> a weirdo and doesn't understand <laughs> social basic cues. human social cues. And interaction. Bless him. But I, I'm just putting that out there. Does anybody else feel like that? Because <laughs> I'd really like to know if I'm just married to the oddest man. No, I'm sure there are people like that. There have to be more people like that. Definitely there have to be. Like, he's not alone. I think whoever they are, they're probably lonely. Oh, Sarah, don't say that. I don't know how I, like, honestly. Stop, I'd have no. known where I was now if <laughs> she's, tell you what. How was your week, Sergeant? Even though I know how your week was. Do was, you? Yeah, you were really busy. I was very busy. Yeah, you were really busy and very um, and very tired. I was. Do you know what? I, I here's, and this is really sad, because I read back my text message that I sent you yesterday and I was like, my God, I'm needy. <clears throat> what text message? Where I was like, I can't not see no, you not because needy. I don't know how See, I'm to. afraid to, I don't like ask, like saying to you, hey, do you want to do something? Because uh, it's two twofold. First reason is I don't like asking you that is because I know how busy you are, and the second reason I don't like asking you that is because I know if you have to say no, you're going to feel bad. Yeah, do feel. That's why I don't because I'm like I let Sarah. It's like it's like when you meet a stray dog. You let the stray dog come. You're gonna white fang me, aren't you? Mama hand. Get out of here! (laughs) Get out of here! Get out of here, you beast! Yeah, so it's like I have to let you come to me when you're ready because I know Uh, how busy you are. Like your job is fucking mental. Your job is mental. Yeah, my job is mental. Mental. Like it's a crazy place. Um, but I, I honestly, I this week. I just really missed you. I missed you too. But it was like impacting my mental health. I kept saying to Colin. And he was like, just go see her. And I was like, oh God, she's so busy, you don't know her. It was like, impact, but I just point, it was pointless you come to see me because I was, uh, you were so, yeah, I know, that's the thing, you're so exhausted because Graham was talking to me and I was like, you're working like 10, 11, 12 hour days. Like, and then poor Graham gets it in the next year, they said something to me and I said, uh, and it was something like, what do you want from the shops? And I went to him, yeah, so my well-being isn't really, doesn't really mean anything. Uh, doesn't I know? Doesn't I know? Yeah, so like, the benefit of our life is that I have to put my uh, mental health at risk. And he was like, do you want a crisp? All right, see you later. And then he came back and he was like, I'll go your bag of skips. I was like, I don't eat skips. I you don't know skips. me at all. Skips are no, right. I love skips. Do you not? I don't, I don't like that they melt in your tongue. I Hold on. Am I thinking of skips? Yeah. Or snacks? Do you remember the ads for skips? I like snacks. Remember the ads for skips they used no. to melt away? I like snacks. Someone who worked there that had snacks and I could smell them and I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, they don't taste the same anymore. <sighs> Not taste the same anymore. No. Not the same anymore. That's because all the joy in her life is gone. Reeling in the ears. Do you think we'll be on reeling in That, if someone said to me, what's a dream you have? Reeling in the ears. <laughs> I love reeling in the ears. Well, what are we going to be on reeling just, in the ears I don't know, just for? like podcasts of 2020. I, I have no, we'll have to like do something really bad. Because it's either starving children, a priest, IRA. Up the rack. Uh, up to UVF too so I Mary. want to remain on both sides <laughs> they're both doing a great job Mary Robinson oh, she was she's Charlie a great Holly. woman they love Charlie Charlie Holly. Holly's a cunt, cunt. Um, but yeah I'd love to be on I would love to be on Reeling in the Ears Reeling in the Ears if you're listening to this me and Sarah will just Reeling in the Ears if you're listening to this and going why are they talking about a Steely Dan song <laughs> is a show that they show on oh, yeah. RTE I forget that if nobody knows. and so RT is the Irish broadcast Radio, Radio Television Erin yeah. um, is the Irish broadcast channel like the BBC in the UK and uh, they have a show on I think it's on on a Sunday yeah it's all they're all, all the episodes are on YouTube I know that yeah and it's them. called Reading in the Ears and it literally Fucking is a look great. back on a time in Irish history one time I was watching Reeling in the Ears on the room by myself and it was about Live Aid and I was, a, I was younger. I was in, more, in school. I was in school and I was watching Live Aid and... Uh, the famous lion? I, I got really sad because they kept showing pictures of the babies Aww. starving and I was like... <laughs> and then my mum came into my room and she was like, why are you crying? And I was like, because I was watching Live Aid. It was really in the Ears. <laughs> and then she said, she rang my auntie and told my auntie that she thought that I was depressed and I was just covering up by saying I was watching Reeling in the Ears. <laughs> I was like, honestly, there was starving babies. It was I was, I was very emotional. She's depressed. She, and Bob Geldof was like, give it the fucking money. Give it the fucking money. Put the money in the fucking bank. Lads, give us the money. Give us the money. No, he didn't say. Give us the fucking money. Just give us the fucking money. 
Do you know what I watched? And then Midjor was like, please give us some money. Hi, <laughs> Midjor. Uh, I watched a documentary. This is all very boring. Cut this out if you want. I watched a documentary yesterday. You about- just told me Colin can't cut this down. That's, I, we make his life very difficult. I make his life very difficult. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it. I was watching a documentary last night about Michael Hutchins from NXS. And I didn't like it for two reasons. The first reason was they did this thing where they were like, he was a really shy boy. He was very shy and insecure. And he had, fuck off. No, he wasn't. He was a rock star who was riding everything around riding him everything. and didn't want attention but was dating Kylie Ka- Minogue, Linda Evangelista and then... Uh, and then stole yeah, fucking what's a her man's wife, wife on national on television. TV. And then the man's wife had to find out that he was riding her because they went. To, she told him she was going away with friends oh, and then Jesus. the paparazzi followed them to France yeah. and he, got, he opened the Sunday paper and saw Paul Yates coming out of a hotel with Michael Hutchinson mm-hmm. holding his hand. That pissed me off. And that the second because it was they were all like he was such a sensitive soul he was fuck off no he wasn't and then the second thing was that um yeah they basically media. kind of blamed Bob Geld they were trying to like put blame on Bob Geld off because Polly Yates uh, was going through a custody battle because fair enough he wanted his kids because she's a fucking dope so but she was also on drugs she was off her tits like off her tits like she was on heroin that whole family is so sad because her daughter died as well yeah peaches yeah. peaches died like it's so sad but. They, they were doing the custody battle um, Polly Yates is meant to go to Australia for Christmas and then she rang Michael Hutchins and was like I can't come because the custody battle has been pushed forward so I can't leave London I have to stay here so he Michael Hutchinson rang Bob Geldof because they knew each other yeah Bob rang Bob Geldof and was like please will you just let Paula have the kids so she can come for Christmas and he said no and they were like and he wouldn't let the kids go Fucking A wouldn't let the kids go. They're his kids. You're riding him behind his back. Obviously he's pissed off. He's not going to be diplomatic and be like, yeah, do you know what? Go ahead there now. Like, no. Piss me off. And then, and then they, they were talk like, about how he died. They were like, it was an accident. Which... Well, it was an accident. It was an accident. But listen, if you're wrapping shit around your neck and choking so yourself in a hotel room and having a wank. having a wank. Like, what the fuck? What a the way... chances are you dying. Didn't that guy... Other guy died. That's an actor died that way. Uh... The, ni- the ninja guy. Yeah. <laughs> the ninja guy. Like the David Carradine. One, is it David or the other guy? There's another Carradine. I think it's David Carradine. He died, but he was wearing women's <laughs> underpants in a wardrobe. And then his and then family were like, the ninjas killed him. No, the family were like, the ninjas killed him. Mental. Um, but yeah. The, Fair play to me. If I ever die having a wank, a choke on myself in a hotel room mm, in a wardrobe, I would very much like... like <laughs> I would very much like you to release a statement that says the ninjas did it that the ninjas killed her um, and she was just fix, it was a fix but I was watching another TV show before Bob Geldof and I can't, somebody was interviewing him it was like a long interview yeah, it's David Carradine David Carradine and uh, he started talking to him the guy who was interviewing started talking to him about Polly Yates and the kids and he got so upset not like fake you know Bob Geldof Bob Geldof like he got so because when she died and then he di- he died and then she died he took their child in yeah like, Lily, Lily, Tiger Lily. Tiger Lily. He took that kid in. I was like, I'm going to raise this child with her sisters. And that family is tragic. But anyway, yeah. Michael Hutchinson. Have a no wank. Give us the fucking money. Give us the fucking money. Give us the fucking kids. Yeah, kids are, kids are starving. <laughs> her fucking starving. Um, oh, that was... And you watched the documentary about this? I just watched it because I was like... It was random thing. It really was. It was like a, I was watching something and YouTube recommended and I was like, I'll just watch this. And the whole time I was like, oh, fuck off. Everyone fuck off. I love Bob Geldof. I said it. Do you know something? I have no beef with Bob 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 Geldof. Except that one time he got really drunk at a gig in Leeds and said that anybody who was wearing Primark clothes should leave. Oh really? Did they all leave? They all probably because everybody wears everybody in the world wears pennies. Rich people, eh? Rich people. Eat the rich. Eat the um, rich. Like fucking Vivian. Vivian West. Vivian West. Hello. Uh, hello. Please buy. Think about sustainability. Please buy one of my t-shirts. That's seven and a half thousand pounds. I'm wearing tights and nothing else. That's the truth. That time message. she was on the stairs in the tights. Jesus. And a fig leaf over uh, the couch. You know the way you always talk about sleep paralysis? Yes. That's what I imagine is in someone's sleep paralysis dream. Vivian Westwood. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Literally at the top of the stairs of Vivian Westwood. That's yes. what I imagine sleep paralysis Say so Emma who buys her things but I don't spend like nine grand on a fucking I thought you t-shirt. were going to say I had sleep paralysis no I've never had sleep paralysis and Vivian Westwood was sitting on my chest no <laughs> oh, no I've never had sleep paralysis Gone Malcolm I never want to have sleep paralysis it, no it's not nice it's I think it unpleasant. sounds absolutely fucking terrifying mm. like if I can't deal with 
sometimes when I'm in, in my room and the light's off I, and I'm just sitting with my phone in my hand and I have to turn the lamp on my phone really quick because I think someone's standing at the end of my bed yeah. when I'm awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was in work today. I yeah. bought Christmas decorations for work. So I drove up to Woody's, got the decos, put them in the car, Christmas tree and all, all yeah. by myself. Yeah. Came back to work and uh, one of the guys that I work with was there and I was like, hey, can you give me a hand getting these decorations out of my car? And he was like, yeah, no problem. And he came out to my car and he was like, Sir Jane, is this your car? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're the boss, right? I was like, yeah. And he was like, this is shit car, Sir Jane. You need a better car. What? I was like, I tell you what, you won't be able to afford your car if you keep talking to someone So I was like, what the fuck? He actually said that? Yeah, and I was like, what's, what's wrong with your car? car? I was like, leave my car alone. Well, you know what? Fuck that guy. Isn't that an odd thing to say it's to inc- somebody? It, what it is is incredibly rude. I was like, what's wrong with my car, man? There's nothing wrong with your car. That is so rude. I was like, I'm dirty. Like, what? I was like, I tell you what, no Christmas cookies for you, fucker. Oh, can I have Christmas cookies? Yeah, sure. I've got like 7,000. Oh my God, bring me Christmas cookies. Your no hair problem. is fab today. Thanks. Really pretty. I didn't wash it. I didn't wash mine either. I'm dying pink. <gasps> I'm so mm. excited. Will you dye my hair? Sure, yeah, I'll dye her. Happy Christmas, everybody. That's the end of this week's episode. <laughs> Yay! Oh, um, we do. Everybody on the Facebook. Uh, so, oh, we influenced somebody. We influenced someone and they what bought an Udi. An Udi purchase. Yeah, an Udi purchase. So I was like, well done to her. F- Flavio has started this this Udi ball rolling. Excuse me. Oh my God. Flavio absolutely has. Colin's getting one for Craig, I think, as well. Oh, really? Craig doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. Of course he doesn't. I don't listen to her. Um, You're a disaster. <laughs> um, yeah, so loads. Of, Facebook is actually, do you know what? Someone, Sometimes I wish I was still on Facebook just because people are so nice. But then someone I'm like, no. put this up because, you know, the way I, I work for this company, they put <laughs> Amazon. <Christmas. laughs> um, it's true. Someone on Twitter actually asked me, did I work for the same company as her? And then I was like, oh, I need to delete everything I've said on the internet. <laughs> I'm going to get fired. I'm going to lose my job. No, I think you're you're allowed to say where you work. I don't. I work. What are you talking about? I work for a fictional company called Amazon. Amazon. I know. Um, they sell uh, sex toys. Ooh. Yeah, bad yeah. ones. Terrible ones. Yeah, the worst. Just catching fire. Um, Has only anyone ever bought you a sex toy? No. Like who? Like a like some like a friend? Like I a- would not know. I. If you handed me a sex toy, I would spend about 25 minutes trying to figure out if it was a joke or if I should say thank you. Yeah, I have. That would be my reaction. So the reason I ask, right, is that no one has ever bought me a sex toy and no one ever will. And if anybody's listening to this <laughs> in the future, don't buy me a sex toy. I have no problems with sex toys. None. If I want one, I I'll buy, buy it myself yeah. privately. Yeah. I will get it sent to me to an address that I don't live at. No one is. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being in, at like a party. Like, Oh, people have those parties where they sell sex toys. Ladies. No, it wasn't a par- it wasn't like a sex party oh. because no one invited me to that because they know exactly what happened. Yeah, no, it would not go well. I'd be like, what? Put What's that this? away. Put Are this. you selling Tupperware? I might go to that. Right. Anyway, back to the story. But I remember being at like a birthday party and someone buying her a like tiny vibrator did she open in front of her yeah and it was just like oh also the idea of I don't have birth parties because I don't have enough friends to have birth parties mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Uh, embarrassing but like it would just be me and you yeah it literally be me and you and Colin shouting at me so if like if I was in a room with a group of people like the idea not even the sex toy and people were watching me open gifts and oh, waiting for my yes. reaction Absolutely not. They all ain't so great. I will open these when you leave. Yeah, in Graham's mum's house, they all hand each other presents and open them together. No. And no. Not at Christmas, at Christmas, right? No. And they do it also at your birthday. Um, and it's it's lovely. It's so nice. It's and But way. I don't know how to react. I don't know how to react when people... I'm like... <laughs> and one year, like, gra- one year, Graham's mum gave me the wrong Christmas present. She gave me Kara's Christmas oh, present. Oh, so she swapped them by accident? And then I opened it and I was like, because I, I was like, oh, thank you very much. And it was like, she always, Genuine, gets, you were like, she always yeah. gets me lovely things. Yeah, you were like, And oh, then thank she you. started to cry. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? And she was like, that's Kara's present. And then she had to give me like the other present. And then Graham was like, <laughs> Graham, because Graham doesn't know how to hold his tongue and doesn't read, because he can't read social cues. was like, ha, could you imagine if the present was worse than the one you got Kara? <laughs> and then Graham saw, ran out of the room and started to cry. And I was like, I don't know what to do oh now. Oh my God. I was like, I can't open this present. 
you know, it was like that honestly, would be literally me. And then Kara came in, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, hey, happy Christmas happy from Christmas. your mom." No, yeah, no, I was like, "Oh," and she was so upset, Bernadine. Like she was so upset. She's so sweet. Oh, Bernadine's got the best heart. She mm. really, really does. Attention, feminists! Murder most Irish merchandise available now from Teespring.com. Plain boring old teas getting you down. Hey, buddy, does your hoodie scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com don't be a mug buy one of ours like to steal things conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to this week's episode of Murder Most Irish. 46 minutes Episode in. of... Episode number what? 27? 32. 32? Yeah. It's a new number. Uh, 27. Um, 27. 27. Um, and Emmett's going to tell her story. I'm doing and two I stories in, in a row. Are you? Yeah, I did it last week as well. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I talked. When you said that, I oh, talked. Oh, I don't do. Like no, Two no, stories no. now. I was like, no. what? Yeah, no. So, listen. Emma's doing this week's story because I wrote this story, but I don't feel like it. I don't this feel is absolute like lies, by the way. I don't there feel, is under a lot of pressure. So I don't feel like, up to read now. Y'all have to deal with the fact that there's two stories from my I've had a very voice. difficult time. She's had a difficult week. They keep robbing the forks. <laughs> This fork gate. Is that the right name of this episode? Fork. This episode is called Fork Gate. Robin the forks. No, bring it in the rack. We'll do. We yeah. We have to do yeah because I did boo off five gate last week, so it'll have to be something else. But it'll be to do with forks. Motherfucking fork robber. Me and Colin no. saw a rat the other day. Did you? Mm. How'd you feel about it? I said to Colin, "There's a rat." And he went, "Oh!" And ran back. And I was like, it's like fucking Sarah Jane all over again. I'm like the rat's not coming for you. It's gone. They sometimes they are. <laughs> it ran under the bush. It was gone. I was the other day. I was going to um. Oh, Move the bins uh, in the house outside the house. I said, "Scream!" I'm not moving that bin. You know, I wouldn't use them. I do that. Sometimes when I'm downstairs, I'm not. I wouldn't be that terrible. I wouldn't be terrified of them. Like if I saw one, I'd be like, "Oh!" But I wouldn't. What if they jump at you? What if they jumped at me? Yeah, like that time that the rat ran up Jerry's leg, up his overalls. What was the rat doing running up his overalls? Jerry was out in the garage. Uh, he was in the garage. He was out in the cow shed where all the meal is. So they would always that would attract rats and mice so he was doing something and he saw a rat and he was wearing these like really baggy blue overalls and he kind of sh- he had like a, a fork that, well, <laughs> fork a, 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 a fork and he kind of went like that at the rat and instead of running away the rat was like well I'm taking ran, you down and ran up his leg and was like in his so he just like rip open the overalls and the rat jumped out I know he would have died Emma, <laughs> Again, honest to God, I actually think when you, you start telling that story, my arsehole just got tighter. <laughs> I honestly think you'd have a heart attack. My heart that. is racing. Yeah. yeah, so he just ran up oh, his I leg, can't. and then he actually like rips over his own. Rips his over his own. He was like, "What?" I'm gonna check him down. Shit, my pants. Absolute so, killing. This is actually uh, really interesting. When I was doing it, I don't mean to say interesting. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, like it was. I got really into it because it's fucking crazy. I don't and know where you find these stories. I didn't. When I started doing it, I thought it was one thing and then it just turned into a whole other thing. Okay. This so. is Graham's best friend, yeah? <laughs> Graham, I'm sorry. I try, like, it's not. This man is in no way affiliated with your husband. Sarah. So uh, this week I'm doing the murder of Esther and Jessica McCann. And I got my information from the independent.ie, mcgill.ie, the Irish Mirror. Uh, the Irish Independent Wikipedia and the wonderful Men's Ray podcast Men's Ray which is just the best like she's amazing I love her so <clears throat> did I get from anywhere else oh wi- yeah I said Wikipedia yeah so at 2am on the 4th of September in 1992 Frank McCann arrived home from his pub the Cooperage in Blessington Cooperage yeah there was a large crowd outside his home do you know what the Cooperage is yeah because it tells me it told me later what he what his job was before he actually opened this pub so there was a large crowd outside his house and there was smoke billowing from the windows Frank immediately began to panic and according to witnesses he ran to get a ladder he tried to climb through the top story window but neighbours held him back as the entire house was engulfed Um, and if he had climbed up he would surely have been killed Frank and his neighbours stood outside in the street as the house burned to the ground 
Frank's wife Esther and their 18 month old foster child Jessica were in the house oh my god so when emergency services arrived and took the blaze under control they found the body of 36 year old Esther collapsed on the landing and baby Jessica in her cot they were both pronounced dead at the scene so they both died of smoke inhalation so Frank played the part of a devastated husband and father crying and wailing at the scene but it would soon be discovered that McCann could not keep this act up and the horrifying truth of what happened to Esther and Jessica would be revealed so I'm going to talk about Esther. So Esther McCann was born in Tremor, County Waterford in 1956. She's the same age as my mum. She was the youngest sibling in her family and her mother described Esther as a sweet and caring person with a love of children. Esther was also particularly close to her sister Marion. So in 1973, Esther moved to Dublin to study psychology in UCD. However, she decided not to finish her degree and went on to pursue computer science instead, which was very smart. Yeah, she sounds very smart. Very, very smart move to make. It could be argued that tragedy did seem to follow Esther for most of her life. So at the age of 24, Esther's then boyfriend had been killed in a motorcycle accident. Shortly after his death, Esther discovered she was pregnant with his child. Mm. So devastatingly, Esther's baby passed away from cot death a few months after it was born. Jesus Christ! It's just this family. You've no idea. So in 1986, whilst working in the Shelburne Hotel, Esther met Frank McCann poor fucker at this time Esther was already in a long term relationship with a a man named Paul Malloy this relationship ended as Paul wanted to move to Australia and Esther who was incredibly close to her family could not bring herself to leave Ireland I always think if she had a one if she had just because my mum I always think about my mum my mum was with a guy and he was moving to America and she was meant to go with him before we were born she didn't go and I was like what would happen to like sliding doors isn't it if only fork in the road we are just talking about forks so much today. Um, is that the song from that movie yeah Sliding Doors Sliding Doors I liked that film I've never seen it I would have seen it in cinema by myself of course you did Mm -hmm. no so um, blah 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 blah. yeah so she was going to go with this guy he wanted to go to Australia she was like no I'm not going to Australia so instead she started dating Frank and 15 months later they were married Frank is a cunt. Yep. Frank, Frank was, is a cunt. Frank is a cunt. Frank was born in Terranur in 1960. He was heavily involved in swimming from an early age, even representing Ireland at one point. And he carried this love, love of sport into his adulthood when he became a coach. So at the age of 18, McCann began working as a cooper for Irish distillery. Yeah. Yes. This is correct. <clears throat> in 1982, he was made redundant from this position and decided to start his own company. So... Esther's sister Marion, who I love because she fucking hates him, uh, described Frank as, quote, tall, thin, bespectacled and nondescript. We all found him to be extremely conservative and highly moralistic. Some of our some of our friends were outspoken and liberal and McCann would be highly judgmental of them, particularly the women. So he hated women, basically. She said that he and Esther were very different, but they accepted him as Esther seemed to love him. Marion described Frank as clean living, that he didn't smoke or drink, but his one vice seemed to be his use of incredibly foul language. Marion described how McCann would tell crude, cruel jokes about women. Marion also said that her sister was the opposite of McCann, quote, by comparison, uh, Esther was an open, sociable character with an innocence from her days of growing up in a secure seaside town. She accepted people totally as they were. She sounds like a cutie. So Mary and Esther's sister believes that Esther was drawn to Frank because he did not drink or smoke and he was smart and very articulate. Was he though? I feel like he wasn't. Um, He made fucking barrels for a living. Like, calm down. down. So Esther spoke to Marion a year after she married Frank. She told Marion that Frank had gone cold, that he did not show affection to her. He was rarely home and there was no communication between them when he was at home. Frank had at one point agreed to go to marriage counselling, but Esther told Marion that this made no difference as, quote, I'm the only problem. As far as Frank is concerned, he doesn't have a problem. So in 1989, Esther underwent treatment for a thyroid problem and decided to quit her job to work from home in Rathfarnham. So just an aside, I read this. So in parentheses, Frank decided to tell people that Esther was infertile, which was completely untrue. She was not infertile. Uh, The treatment she underwent was only for her thyroid. So she went home. Yeah, this is so weird. So she was like, I'm going to quit working because I have to get treatment on my thyroid. I don't really want to do this job anymore. So I'm just going to quit and work from home. And, uh, he went around telling everybody that she couldn't have babies. Which is absolutely untrue. Bizarre. I don't know why. So she began giving computer lessons to single mothers in the area to help increase their chances of employment. 
Esther's students said that Esther didn't really care about being paid and didn't charge much for classes. That she did what she did to try and help people have a better chance at life. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So in 1991, Frank bought a pub in Blessington County, Wicklow. At this time, Frank's 17-year-old sister Jeanette moved in with Frank and Esther. She was pregnant and Frank and Esther took her in to take care of her throughout the pregnancy. Which is very strange. I suppose he just loved his sister because he seems to not care about anybody. So Jeanette had decided to give her child up for adoption. A few days after baby Jessica was born, Jeanette asked if Frank and Esther would consider adopting her. Esther was over the moon and agreed immediately. She was besotted with baby Jessica and her and Frank started their adoption process. So baby Jessica wasn't their baby. It was Frank's sister's kid. So in August 1992, Esther was awaiting confirmation. Sorry, what? So baby Jessica that died is not Frank and Esther's child. It was Frank's sister's baby, but they were going to adopt the baby. So, that, so he killed his sister's kid? Yeah. Killed his niece. That was going to be his kid, like. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, in August 1992, Esther was awaiting confirmation from the adoption board about Jessica. At this time, this is horrible. This is es- uh, Esther's nephew, Marion's son. 23-year-old James was diagnosed with bone cancer. Oh, my God. This weighed heavily on Esther's mind and added to the distress of the delay in hearing from the adoption board about Jessica. Her and Jeanette had written letters to them asking as to why it was taking so long to receive an answer. So the adoption board just weren't getting back to her. She was like, why? Like the mother of this baby is like, I want these people to have my baby. And they still weren't getting back to her. So around this time, something odd began to happen in the McCann household. On July 16th, Esther and Frank called Borgosh to inform them that there was a gas leak in the house. When a technician arrived, he stated that the leak needed immediate attention. He called it a class A leak. Okay. So he did what he needed to do. Ten days later, um, Esther rang to advise of another leak so she could smell gas in the house. Another technician came out and was like, we can't find out where this is coming from, but we turned off their gas, tried to do what they, do, they could. Then two days after that, Esther smelled gas in the house and developed a terrible headache. Oh. She took baby Jessica from the house, called Frank and he called Borgosh. So when a technician arrived this time, he said that there was an enormous amount of gas in the house. And he said if she'd even turned on a light in the house, it would have have went up. So she was really smart. She just grabbed the baby, went outside, didn't even start the car, pushed the car down the driveway because she was afraid if she started the car. Oh, my God. Like, um, that's how smart she was. Like, so upon further investigation, they found the two pipes had been pulled apart. And this was the source of the leak. So they lifted up the floorboards, I think, in the kitchen or like somewhere in the the kitchen, pulled it up. And there was two pipes that refused together. they were pulled apart and they said that the only way that that could happen was if there was extreme heat placed on the pipes to pull them apart so a hand so according to the men's right podcast which is episode 55 it's very very good esther had awoken um at some point in july this is so weird to find her electric blanket folded in four on the bottom of her bed on fire she quickly put the fire out and had told Marion that she definitely had not placed the electric blanket at the bottom of the bed. Jesus. So at this point, Frank was in the house and he heard her screaming and came in and immediately like unplugged. because She was trying to put the fire out. He unplugged the electric blanket blanket and was like, and then just went to work. And she was like, what the fuck? Because she's like, I did not put that on the bed. I don't know why. It wasn't, it wasn't in the electric blanket or on the bed. Yeah. It was folded in four at the bottom of her bed on fire. So... Da, 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 da. Where am I? Yeah, Marion, Esther's sister, had said that because of her son's illness and the stress that the family were under, they did not realise the suspiciousness of the incidents occurring in Esther's house. So a lot of shit was going on in their family, and then Esther was like, "All oh, this stuff is happening." They're like, "Oh, that's awful!" But because everything was happening, they yeah. weren't kind of paying attention to it. So Esther continued to try and figure out what the delay was with baby Jessica's adoption. While well, all this was going on, her nephew had cancer. Her house was like randomly catching on fire her husband is not basically not giving her any attention or showing her any love and she can't get this baby so on september 2nd she set up a meeting with the board to try and finalize the adoption two days later on september 4th the mccann's house was engulfed in flames so she tried to set up the meeting on the second and on the fourth the house is on fire and she so tried to kill her because she was adopting the child wait to hear this so the guardy and fire service investigated the house to try and figure out what happened on a small table this motherfucker so dumb on a small table in the hallway they found a gas canister and one of those like flame thingies you know the torches like flame yeah like we well, you know you know the, the little ones <clears throat> that you go yeah one of those on the table in the house 
The Gardaí spoke to Frank on September 5th to ask him his whereabouts the night of the fire. He told them he'd been at the pub at the time and when he arrived home, the house was already ablaze, which was true because he came back and the neighbours were like, yeah, he just arrived back in his car. He then told the Gardaí he had been receiving, so this is a shit now, he told the Gardaí he had been receiving threatening letters to his house over the last few months, but he had not told Esther and could not figure out where they were coming from. Frank explained to the Gardaí that he had contacted them on August 13th to report threatening phone calls he had received to the pub, as well as graffiti on the wall outside the pub, which said, burn you bastard. Right? This guy's a fucking piece of work. So that's from the Men's Ray podcast, just to mention. So Gardy checked this and found that McCann had actually reported this. He had called them to be like, hey, somebody's like... Threatening me. Sending me letters and ringing me and being like, burn you bastard. And then someone wrote in graffiti out, out on the wall. So they, that was on record. Okay. Okay. So as the Gardy investigated the fire and deaths of Esther and Jessica, Frank McCann's behaviour became increasingly bizarre. Marion, Esther's sister, said that his behaviour was incredibly inappropriate. Um, she spoke of Frank returning to Dublin on the day of his late wife's funeral to throw a surprise party for his mother. What? So he was at the funeral of his wife and his soon-to-be-adopted daughter. Well, his niece. Left the funeral, went back, opened up the pub and threw a surprise birthday party for his mother. That after the funeral, Marion went to his car to get something and noticed the chains of office from his role as, of, in the swimming association. So, you know, they would have like those things to be like, I'm the whatever. They're like medals. Yeah. Um, on the seat of the car that he had somehow remembered to take these from the house before it burned to the ground. So she said he always had them hanging in the hallway over a table. They were always there. He never brought them anywhere with them. They were just like uh, an emblem in the house. But somehow they were now in his car, even though the house is burned to the ground. So she was like, he obviously took them before this happened. Jesus. This is disgusting. Wait till you hear this. Uh, And even more disturbing was an incident in Tremor where he leaned out. This is the day his wife died. Where he leaned out of a car window to shout at passing 14 year old girls that he was now free if they were interested in him it's a 36 year old man what this gets much worse so even more shocking was that a week after Esther's death good old Frank decided to go on a holiday to America he also decided to spend money on a holiday and not pay a single cent toward, towards Esther and Jessica's funeral and left the expenses to Esther's family what and this instantly set up red flags for the garden their entire focus turned to McCann. They were like, there's nobody else we're trying to look at for this. It's him. So the Gardaí, upon further ins- uh, inspection, learned that McCann was having an affair with a 16-year-old girl that worked oh in the pub God. in Blessington. This guy is a piece of shit. The rumour began to come become more realistic. Sorry, but that's not an affair. That's, that's grooming. Grooming and, and statutory rape. Yeah, that's all that is. It's statutory rape. So this rumour began to become more realistic when the adoption board contacted the Gardaí. They told the Gardaí they were declining the McCann's request to adopt Jessica. This is because they had received a phone call the year previous, so the year previous, from a distraught mother of a 17-year-old girl with special needs. She informed the board that Frank McCann had slept with her daughter and she had become pregnant. McCann had been her swimming coach at the time. Oh my God. The 17-year-old gave birth to her baby three months after Frank married Esther. Oh my God. This is nuts. The girl decided to give her baby up for adoption. Once again, the lovely Catholic Church and a priest named Father Michael Cleary stepped in to organise the baby's adoption and keep the matter quiet. It was then, uh, it was then, according to Catherine Murphy in the Irish Independent, that the girl's mother, quote, made a complaint to the adoption board and the application was rejected. So she went to the adoption board and was like, he had sex with my 17-year-old special needs child and got her pregnant. And now the Catholic Church trying to cover it up. This goes so deep, you have no idea. Because I knew about this, but I didn't know about it to this extent. So the adoption board told the Gardaí that they had contacted Frank McCann's solicitor to inform him of this decision. And the exact reason for the rejection will be told to Frank, his wife and Jeanette, which is his sister. Frank's solicitor had passed the news on to Frank and they both decided to keep the information from Esther. But Frank knew it was only a matter of time before Esther would find out. So his scumbag solicitor, who was solicitor to him and her, of course, lovely Ireland, had said, I, I know why this is being rejected. I'm telling you why this has been rejected, Frank. And he was like, don't tell Esther. But he knew because Esther kept hounding the adoption board. He knew it was only it a was matter of time before it was going to come out. So, and then he, she had like two days before she was gone. Two days. He, she made the meeting to meet with him to be like, what's going on here? 
two days two days later she was dead so a motive for what the Gardaí now believed was murder was established Frank continued speaking to the Gardaí for the next two months stating that he denied what the adoption board had stated vehemently and that he was waiting for the right time to tell Esther about the board's decision he was just waiting for the right time Marion, Esther's sister, who was a badass, had also been in contact with the Gardaí. She informed them of the continuous gas leaks in the house, of the electric blanket fire, and also how Frank and Esther's relationship was pretty much over from the day it started. Frank, on the other hand, had informed the Gardaí that he and his wife were very much in love and united. The Gardaí decided that this, along with the evidence found in the house and the adoption board statement, were enough to conclude that Frank McCann had made earlier attempts to murder his family, and this time he had succeeded. My God. So on the 4th of November 1992, the Gardaí arrested Frank McCann. The Gardaí arrested McCann under a section of the law, this is crazy, that deals with lawlessness and sometimes paramilitary crimes. Basically, they arrested him because he caused an explosion. So according to the Men's Ray podcast, this was an order to hold Frank so they could question him for 48 hours. Ah. So two days later, Frank admitted to setting the fire. He's like, I did it. And he was released. Either way, they just released him. Yes. This is Ireland. So the Gardaí then pursued the murder charge. So on the 22nd of April 1993, Frank was arrested again, this time charged with two counts of murder. Wait to hear this. It's from Men's Ray podcast. So during this time, he ended up in John of God's. Um, first time he was arrested, he ended up in John, John of God's. God's. Yeah, because he said apparently he had a mental breakdown. Oh. So while in John of God's, met a woman and two weeks later moved in with her. What? So the second time he was arrested, they arrested him in that woman's house. I just, I don't, and he's just a fucking state of him, like you should see him. Is he a hack? He's a fucking hack. So in January 1994. There's no Dermot Mulroney, no? No Dermot Mulroney, no that guy whose name I can't remember. Dermot Mulroney. Is that Dermot Mulroney? Which yeah. one am I thinking of? Dylan McDermott. You Dylan always McDermott. confuse me with these Ds. I love a good the, D. She loves a D, she does. Oh, I love a good D. <laughs> in January 1994, McCann's trial began. The state's counsel stated that McCann had started the fire in order to kill his wife and Jessica to cover up the allegations made of him, fathering a 17 year old special needs child baby. That McCann was more concerned of his image as the vice president of the Leinster branch of the Swimming Association being destroyed than the life of his wife and foster child. And niece. What a cunt. They also showed evidence of McCann having used the blowtorch and gas cylinders to start the fire. McCann was also, uh, had also taken down the fire alarms. <gasps> so Esther would not be alerted too early to the blaze. This guy's a fucking psychopath. One guard came forward to state that on the night of the fire, he remembered a conversation he had with a man, not realising it was McCann. McCann began to talk to him about life insurance and how he had taken out a life insurance claim for himself and had tried to take out a claim for his wife two weeks previously, but wasn't able to. This is how stupid this man is. The guard mentioned that McCann laughed and said that his now dead wife would have been a really rich woman if it was Frank who had perished in the fire instead. The guard had made sure to take a note of this interaction after it occurred. He wrote it down in his notes immediately. <laughs> yeah. So the trial continued and with all the evidence mounting against McCann, it looked like he was going to be convicted of the murders. It was also around this time that even more sinister behaviour began to come to the forefront for Frank. So two of Frank's close friends and members of the Irish Swimming Association and fellow coaches, George Gibney and Derry O'Rourke, were charged with the sex abuse offences against young, sw- young swimming club members. Jesus! A judicial review in 1994 against Gibney prevented the case from pre- proceeding due to the length of time that had elapsed since the alleged incidents took place. So they took place in the 70s and these girls came, pl- came forward in the 90s and the Irish judicial system was like, that's too much time. Gibney fled the country and moved to America to avoid charges, where he still lives. Derry O'Rourke, who had taken over for Gibney, Gibney after he stepped down from being an Olymp- Olympic coach, was sentenced to 12 years in prison in 1998 for sexually abusing children he had met through swimming. He then received a further sentence of 10 years in 2005 for repeated rape and indecent assault of a female swimmer between the ages of 14 and 17. Jesus Christ. Esther, when she was alive, had no idea of the horrendous acts these men were perpetrating. Marion, Esther's sister, says she's remembers, she remembers the three men sitting in her sister's home in deep conversation. These were two of his best friends. Oh my God. His best buddies. The conversation would stop as soon as Esther entered the room. It also came to light that when a child came forward that Gibney was abusing her, it was McCann that she confided to. <gasps> McCann then defended Gibney, saying he believed nothing had happened. And let it continue. Motherfucker. So on January 31st, 20 days after the trial started, 
Frank McCann entered a, bath a bathroom of Arbor Hill Prison and attempted to set himself on fire using a gas lighter. Of course he did. Yeah, he was taken to St. James Hospital. The case was put on hold and the jury, jury were discharged until McCann was completely recovered. Two years later, so two years later... Of him wandering around. Uh, the case was resumed and McCann's trial began. McCann's solicitors argued that the fire was a complete accident, but even Frank's own family didn't believe this. His family spoke to him and asked him to tell the truth and confess. So instead of doing that, Frank decided to tell his family that he and Esther had a suicide pact that went wrong. So they'd both decided to die in the fire. Jesus Christ. But he just managed to not die in the fire. And he just managed to go back to work. Yeah. McCann tried to imply that the guardie threatened and coerced his confession, that they kept him sleep deprived and ignored his panic attacks. He said he signed whatever the guardie had given him. So he was like, oh, they gave me a piece of paper and I just signed it because I was tired. All right, motherfucker. So on August 15th, 1996, the jurors found Frank McCann guilty of the murder of Esther and Jessica McCann. He was then sentenced to two life sentences. McCann was moved to Arbor, Arbor Hill Prison to carry out his sentence. So in 2005, the Minister of Justice said that McCann's minimum term would be 20 years. And after three years, this will be reviewed in order to allow McCann's potential release. So in 2019, pictures emerged of McCann walking to Ballyferma Training Centre to complete a computer course. McCann had been allowed out on day release to attend these courses. He is allowed to travel unaccompanied by bus. What? Yep. For all intents and purposes, it does seem that McCann's permanent release is imminent. So Esther's sister Marion has spoken of the distress that McCann's release is causing her and her entire family. Marion said, quote, I don't want Frank McCann to leave prison. I'll be very blunt about it. The safest place for Frank McCann is prison. Esther and her family have suffered so many tragedies and deserve some sort of reprieve. Marion's son James passed away from bone cancer three months before McCann was convicted of his aunt's murder. Esther, James and baby Jessica are buried in the same plot in Tremore County, Waterford. Marion has said that she refuses to let Mac Frank McCann destroy what is left of her and her family's lives and that they will fight to keep him in prison. So this is a quote from McGill.ie that she gave. She said, we've been quite successful with our lives in spite of Frank McCann or maybe because of who Esther was and who James was. They wouldn't have been people to have been to have been lying down. They would have had high expectations of us and of us succeeding. Esther is a victim of McCann, but she wasn't a victim in her life. So that is the story. <laughs> Of, it's just, and he went to college and prison and got his PhD in computer science and is out walking around and having a time of his life after having sex with a 16-year-old child and getting a 17-year-old special needs girl pregnant and murdering his wife and child. What is this like? tell me there's justice in this country. He should be behind bars for Forever. the rest of his natural life. He is a fucking danger. He is a fully functioning 60-year-old man. And there are children around here. He's getting a bus by himself. He's getting a bus by himself to his course and back again. He is a pedophile. His friends were pedophiles. He was covering up for his friends being pedophiles. And he is walking around here. We're... Ex he murdered, murdered his wife and tried to kill her about 20 times before that and just Shut. didn't succeed and then killed his own niece who was going to be his daughter. Like... Like, I was reading it today. I knew... I didn't the know bare, the I levels. Knew, yeah, I knew the bare minimum of what was going on and then when I got into it and I saw that uh, the Gibney thing and the Dario O'Rourke thing, I was like, oh my God, he, they were like his best friends. They were in his house every, like, second night. And in his pub all the time, hanging out, being best friends, talking about the children they were raping. Yeah, because he's a paedophile. Fucking paedophile. Like, and the fact that he's literally just up the road. Going to courses. Yeah. Getting a bus. It's Is so he getting sad. the bus from Arbor Hill? He's getting the bus from Arbor Hill to, I think they said Arbor Hill to Chapel Izzard. Yeah, that's very. walking from Chapel Izzard to... Arbor Hill or the bus? Uh, the bus, I think, yeah. So he gets, the, that's what they were saying. And uh, just picked, like, I don't care about him. I don't care what he's done. I don't care about his shitty life. I don't care about any of the sales I'm going Because it was newspapers being like, here's what he's doing in prison. I don't care what he's done in prison. He can go fuck himself. But the fact that that man is an actual threat. He's a threat. Like. And he's walking and around. And he's walking around. Her poor family. Uh, her family, they've just tried everything to keep him in prison, but like his release is absolutely imminent. It's going to happen. They know it is. Because he's get like if they're letting him out to walk around. Oh, like if someone. Is that buzzing now? No. If someone robs the car, 
it's awful and they shouldn't be robbing cars they just shouldn't be robbing cars but putting someone in prison for life for robbing a car is ludicrous that's a ludicrous thing to do because yeah. that's not a life he took two lives and ruined two other lives and like who knows there could be more girls because I seriously doubt they were the only two girls that he yeah. was with I just like him the day of his wife's funeral shouting out the car window At 14, 14 year old girls, girls I'm free if you're interested what like imagine like? being his family and seeing that happen do you know what is surprising about the whole story go that his family were like you did this yeah they were like they went to him when he was in Arbor Hill and they were like just confess just say you did and then he was like oh Esther and I had a suicide pact but it just didn't go the way it was meant to go what you were cutting you were causing gas leaks in your household and when they were like she was like he's never at home yeah because he was trying to fucking kill her yeah and the electric blanket thing I was like what the fuck I just the cruelty to take down the fire alarms because obviously she had woken up every yeah. other time and like and even like, that, How am I that gonna... cleverness of like rolling the, the Roll, car she rolled the car down the ramp because she, and she was like she had such a tra- like so much awful things happened to her anyway and then her nephew gets diagnosed with bone cancer 23 years of age terminal bone cancer and her husband's trying to fucking kill her and now he's getting his PhDs in college I, I just that's I was so mad when I was reading about it I just feel so bad for her family and I hope that they're I know they're not okay and I, I know I always say this I hope her family are okay because they're not okay but I just hope that they have some peace you know it's and he's what's just, he look like? Google what's his, what's his name? Frank McCann Frank McCann yeah. Um, but yeah like the Daily Star and all those like, papers fucking went mental when he was out in day release like they were the Herald said they tried to ask him questions and he wouldn't answer I was like obviously he's not going to answer you he's just going to keep oh walking oh my god mm, yeah it's just fucked up I just it's right outside Foss literally like yeah he doesn't look 60 he's 60 yeah wearing the good Essex runners scumbag anyway fuck that guy fuck that guy poor poor Esther and that poor little baby who did not deserve any of this like awfulness but yes that's my story I'm sorry for the downer any good news tell me something good Um. I'm happy I'm happy come on I can't I can't now I don't what you me for Christmas I already know what you got me for Christmas oh yeah oh that's shit it's not shit I love it I'm so excited what you get me for Christmas I'm not telling you are we going to do a Christmas episode sure what do you mean where we open our presents oh but then I have to give no because I want to give Lily and Graham their present as well they can be on the podcast too Lily knows being on we'll the podcast we'll all be on the podcast um, yeah no I'll, I'll bring your present over to you before I go Lily hates the podcast it's like, because you keep doing it and you're not paying attention yeah. to her. Well, listen, Lily, right? Listen, these are some facts you got to learn, Lily Pops. Your mama's got to make the big books in this podcast. Could you imagine? <laughs> never. It will never happen. And I'm fine with that because it's a bit of crack. Um, and no one's trying to cancel me. I'd love to just, like, be... I'd love to be self-reliant. Self-sufficient. Self-sufficient scares me why because the thing about not being self-sufficient and like relying on like employment is that you know you're always going to have a paycheck at the end of the month once you're working whereas being self-sufficient and all that sort of stuff is like am I going to have money how much money will I have will I be okay I don't know no I know I know I know I know I know know, but I'd love to just not have to work for somebody yeah I know I know but then I need to go work for somebody because the fear of getting fired and having no money is why I go to work. <laughs> Literally, it's all, like everybody goes to work. Yeah. Um, people who are like, find a job you love and you'll never work no, a day in your life after. No fuck such off. thing. Capitalism is a nightmare. No um, such thing. Um, I have no good things. I can't think of anything good. No, can't think of anything good. I farted. I've been farting non-stop and I think the blanket is cushioning it so I'm sure when I stand up it's just going to waft into your face I don't think that's a thing do you think like farty smells get trapped hold on a second do you ever fart when you're in bed and then you lift the blanket up no I no Dutch oven like I fart when I'm in bed oh my god of course it does farts get trapped they get trapped of course they get trapped it's gas it's vapour yeah but if it's caught between something of course it gets trapped yeah but it's not like it's a fucking seal like it's not like your bed I tell you what you tell right you go home Get into bed and wrap your blanket around you and fart. 
and then lift your blanket up and see what Do you know happens. why I think it probably never happens to me is because usually my arse is hanging out of bed. That's true. I'm usually not under the covers. You know me. You, that's very true. I'm usually like sprawled. I'm usually just like this, like Wednesday Adams asleep. You don't lie fit, sleep facing up, but... No, I sleep on my side. Yeah, um, but you don't move. Stop crash, Sarah's scratching her vag. I'm not scratching... If that's my vag... Sarah's scratching her vag. How high do you think my vagina is? Up here. That is my stomach. There's a little wound here. Jesus Christ, I'm having <laughs> the longest vagina in history. When I gave birth to Lily, they were like, Jesus, Jesus the size of her vagina. Oh, have you got anything else? Um, no, I've got nothing else. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Um, yeah, I stole an inflatable penguin. Sarah's going to prison. Graham said it was to get my jollies. Actually, wasn't. I didn't realise I stole it. Oh, that's different. I used to steal shit all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sarah! Just cans of Coke. Jeez. Nothing else. Nothing else. Do you know what I'd love right now? What? Like a soft, a soft taco. A soft taco? those soft tacos we got in, in New York at the... Oh, Yeah. They were fucking beautiful. That perfume is beautiful. That is a rip-off of Alien by Thierry Mugler. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Jenny Glow. Jenny Glow. Okay, we better go. Oh. Say goodbye. Say goodbye, goodbye everybody. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Feminist